Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Thompson, James Pledger, the poster. What is up, San Antonio? Welcome to the post up. We are back. We've been on a slight hiatus, partially my fault. Yeah. But we're back and we're better than ever. In the midst of the NBA Finals, we had game one earlier this week. The Celtics go up 1 0 after stealing game one in San Francisco in that brand new arena, coming back from a 12 point fourth quarter deficit. Man, I know we haven't had the close games we all necessarily want, but I loved game one. We had runs, we had good scoring, we had great plays. Thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, I... While we've had close series, yeah, it doesn't feel like we've had close games throughout this playoffs. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Not everything has been has been super close. And even the close games ended up in a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> like the close games just ended up in Boston sweeping Brooklyn, but other than that, look at Phoenix and, mm-hmm. and Dallas. Yeah. Each team won by like I it felt like an average of 20 points. No, yeah, you're right. Teams um, have just been ex- exchanging 20-point wins. Yeah. Back and forth and, and while the series has remained close, it felt like the the games were never in question, and while it was an awesome comeback in game one, mm-hmm. is still a 15-point win, yeah. and, and Golden State was leading by double digits for most of the first part of that game. So... No, it, you're, you're not wrong. I think... It's th- just a weird playoff. You're, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of weird. I think, though, for this series, this is the biggest margin of victory we see for the rest of the I hope the series. So. I, I want this to be one of those yeah. epic... Mm-hmm. I do too. Drag out series. I want it to come down to the wire for sure. I want every game down to the wire. I want game seven. I want all of that. I need all of it. But team of the Saturday morning hangover, Boston Celtics up 1-0. Not to toot our own horn or anything, but Pledge and I do do this for a living. And these are the exact two teams that we had picked to be in the NBA championship. All the way back at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So Celtics up. 1-0. We've got game two tomorrow. Teams that lead 1-0 going into game two are 31-1. and Or no, sorry. Let me step back to the previous game. Mm-hmm. Um, so entering that fourth quarter... Teams are 1 and 31 when trailing by 12 or more entering the fourth. 
The Celtics, they come back and do it. They steal home court. We're oh, back wow. in San Francisco in this next game. You said 1-31 and 31 entering the fourth quarter down by double digits. Down by, yeah, 12 or more. Wow. Yeah, Celtics came back, got it done. Boston had a 40-16 to 16 fourth quarter with the explosion of Derek White and Al Horford. Al Horford in his first finals, I want to say I saw a stat in which Al Horford has played the most games, over a thousand games, without reaching his first NBA Finals. So props to that man. He set a career high in threes. Derek White goes for 21. He blew up in that second period, putting the Celtics on his back with Al Horford. And, you know, the Celtics take it. We're back in San Francisco tomorrow. It's not necessarily a must-win for the Warriors, but it gets a whole lot hairier and murkier if they don't win it. Yeah. Um, while I would have faith that they could mm-hmm. possibly steal a couple of games in Boston and, and square this thing up, yeah, I wouldn't feel very good about their chances. No. I would not feel good about their chances because going into the Garden, especially in the finals. Especially just the way that Boston can defend. Yeah. Defensively, they're about as good as anyone. And they are, in my opinion, the toughest matchup that Golden State could have possibly had because they can defend that death lineup better than any other team in the playoffs could. Yeah, we saw it in Game 1. The uh, Warriors, they try to go small ball. They take Looney off the court. And they play Draymond at the five. The thing is, the Wiggins Celtics... Wiggins at the four, Poole at the three. Clay at the three, Poole at the, three, Poole at the two, two, Steph, Steph at the, the one. one. The thing is, though, with the Celtics, they can out-small ball who we thought is the small ball team. You go Draymond at the five, cool. Well, we've got Horford, Grant Williams... Or Robert Williams that we can throw at our small ball five. Then we've got Grant Williams or Tatum we can throw at the four. Tatum or Brown we can throw at the three. Brown or Derek White we can throw at the two. Or Derek White and Marcus Smart we can throw at the one. So we they have so many different lineups within that small ball lineup that they can throw at them and give them different looks. And the smallest person in that, in that death lineup, although it, they can... Be 6'10 mm-hmm. is the biggest, or 6'8 is the biggest, depending how, how they want to do it. Yeah. Their smallest is 6'4. Yeah. <laughs> and elite, elite defense, DPOY, and, you know, Derek White mm-hmm. is a renowned NBA two way player. People think of him as a great defender. So it's real tough for the Celtics. They're going to have to figure out some more nuances, some ways to. You know, combat that that opposing small ball lineup, a lot more motion, getting people in pick and rolls, all that type of stuff. They've got to find the mismatch every time down. But the thing is with that Celtics lineup, they switch everything, and there's never really a mismatch even if they switch. So it's it's real tough for the Warriors right now. The key for the Warriors for me is you have to get Jordan Poole going. That man is a microwave off the bench, and when he sees shot, shots go in, his confidence skyrockets. How do they get him going, though? 
How do they get him going? What I think, if it were me, you got to get him in earlier. Maybe even start him just so he can get a feel for the game early, get into a groove early, get to the basket, make some layups, maybe some free throws, see the ball go in, get comfortable in his own game and start getting, you know, that engine revving. Mm -hmm. Because nine points off the bench for a guy who has averaged 20 plus throughout the playoffs is not going to cut it for the Celtics. Or not going to cut it for the Warriors, rather. So the key is... First key, you got to get Jordan Poole going, and you have to do that while Steph and Clay are on the court so that he is that third or fourth option behind them, in which that's the way you, we saw Al Horford and Derek White explode, that when you're that last guy on the court, no one's thinking about, you're in the corner while Steph is getting double teamed, everyone's shading to Clay on the kick, you leave Jordan Poole or Wiggins open in the corner. Mm-hmm. You got to get those guys going, especially from three. Second, the Warriors have to figure out their rotation off the bench between Porter, Poole, and Iguodala. And while Iguodala, you know, been there, done that, former Finals MVP, got rings under his belt, he hasn't played in. I don't even know how long Andre Iguodala hasn't played. Has he played all year? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't think he has. Yeah, exactly. So for him to come out game one and get all those minutes was a tad weird for me when you've got guys like Porter and Poole who have played all season, had great seasons, and have been key focal points to what you've done all year. It was interesting for me to see not necessarily – them take a backseat to Iguodala, but to see all their minutes kind of evenly spread when you really need Poole out there for his scoring prowess. I mean, Iguodala, not known as a scorer. He can hit, you know, big buckets for you, but Poole's your guy. He, I mean, you need Jordan Poole to get 20-plus if you're going to beat these Celtics team because they're so deep. We saw they can win. Let's face it. Jordan Poole should have been the most improved player of the year this year. Yeah, probably. I still would have given it to DeJounte, but Jordan Poole should have been right there. Yeah, absolutely. But they he's just the key to this for me. I mean, Steph's going to Steph. Clay's going to hit his open threes. He's got to score more than 15. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But when you've only got two starters, or when you've got two starters and Draymond and Looney, that if they give you over 10 points, that's a fantastic a game. Plus. Yeah, that's a fantastic game for them. You need guys off the bench who are going to, you know, kind of s- offset two of your starters not scoring. And if you only get 30 off the bench, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. So those are my keys for the Warriors. For the Celtics, they've... G- if they want to win this series, I know Jason Tatum, he's become such a superstar that he doesn't have to score for mm-hmm. him to impact winning a game. We saw that. He only had 12 points, but he had 13 dimes, and he's playing great defense. Mm-hmm. But if they want to win, they've got to figure out how to get Tatum you know, easier buckets. He's got to be scoring 20-plus every night if they want to sustain this you know, high-level play. Because Horford and White, 
they're not going to give you that every night. I think taking maybe eight to ten points away from where they finished in the last game is where they will finish most games. Twelve to seventeen is really what you you if you get that out of them, that's a great game. But Jason Tatum has to figure out how to get easier buckets and more efficient buckets. I, I agree. Like if Tatum if Tatum starts to unleash himself, this is gonna be a very short series for the mm-hmm. Warriors mm-hmm. because they did that without Tatum. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. And if Tatum can get going, that is dangerous for him. Yeah. On the other side, if Clay can get going, mm-hmm. that makes for a lot because Steph and Clay together doing yeah. Steph and Clay Splash Brother yeah. things is is a tough thing to match. Just because you talked about microwave oven and Jordan Poole. You want to talk about a microwave. Steph mm-hmm. and Clay, when, oh, definition of a microwave, fire. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson is the absolute definition of a microwave scorer. They can put a game out of reach in like half a quarter. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean one of the, the one of the most amazing things I've still ever seen to date is when when Clay scored sixty off of eleven dribbles. Like that is that insane. That doesn't even make sense to me. So, yeah, Clay is the true definition of a microwave score instantly hot as soon as you press the button. But, man, we've got a great series on our hands. We've got game two tomorrow night. We'll see if the Warriors, you know, can climb back in it, get this game two, and make this, you know, a more manageable series for them again. But we'll see. Celtics are hot, and they want it bad, and I want it bad for them, too. I love me some Jason Tatum, and if he can get a ring and a finals MVP under his belt. I think he ascends himself to what in the in the league? Superstar. I know, but where where would you rank him? He's easily a top five player, is is he not? Top five player. Between his ability to get his shot off, his cr- ability to create when his shot's not there, like we saw in game one, and his elite level defending. Mm-hmm. Is there a better multifaceted player in the game? No, I would say not. So that means you're taking JT. So the top five, if he was five, I would say would be in no particular order. Giannis, the Joker, Embiid, Tatum. Tatum. Who's the fifth? Katie? Luca? Probably Steph, in my opinion. Steph, so you're taking, you're putting JT putting, in there over Luca KD. and KD. Yep. Wow. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. Because think about it. No. he's he's six ten. He's a lot like KD. Yeah, no. in his own right. Mm-hmm. Only he is better defender, a pl- elite level defender, and a better playmaker. I don't see KD. If he's scoring twelve, he ain't dropping thirteen times. And that shot at the end of the the what was it game one or two of mm-hmm. the of the Bucks Celtics yeah, yeah. series where time's running out and he manages to get that spinning mm-hmm. layup in oh, that yeah. just contorting his body in a way that didn't know it could. Yeah, <laughs> that's see that that's the instincts we were talking about when we were talking about coaches becoming players before. Mm-hmm. Can't teach that. That's just... It's not a thing. His mind was just like, I can spin. And then that's how it ended. But 
Great series on our hands. Make sure y'all tune in for game two. We'll have it right here on 94.1 FM now. Our new channel. Great picture, great sound rather. I know me and Pledge are sounding beautiful to you guys right now. Our reach has far expanded. So for those new listeners, welcome into the post up. We will be right back. This is the post up on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM. And if you still listen to that AM, you know, 1250 AM, we got you there too. We'll be right back. This is the post up. Jack Thompson, James Pledger, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back. What up, SA? This is the post up. Jack Thompson, James Pledger. Follow us. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jack underscore Thompson 33. My man Pledge is at I am Pledger. Let us know what you're thinking. Any questions, whatever it is, hit us up on Twitter. We'll get right back to you. Jumping away from the playoffs, or the finals rather, get into some Spurs talk. First, we're going to start off with DJ's DeJounte Murray. His what seemed rather subliminal post the other day in which he posted a picture of himself standing next to Ime Udoka. It says, I've always believed in you like you've always believed in me, even when you know who didn't believe in me. And there's been a lot of, you know, rumblings on who he's talking about. And I heard Rudy J break this down great on halftime the other Mm -hmm. day. And I completely agree. He's talking about pop. He's talking about pop. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it would matter so much if it was Becky. Because Becky, while she had a say, she never had the final say. Mm -hmm. So if Becky didn't believe in him, it doesn't matter. Because if pop did, he was still going to go. Mm-hmm. So I think the obvious answer to that is he's talking about Pop. And I think what Rudy said, it's not that Pop didn't believe in him. That's what he just said. I Well, that's what he <laughs> thinks it is. But rather, it's Pop has always been a dog to his point guards. You look at Tony. Mm-hmm. Benched for Speedy Claxton mm-hmm. several times young in his career. Avery. Benched for Avery. We tried to go get Jay Kidd. Mm-hmm. We tried to go get Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have Tony Parker, multiple-time champion, one of the best to ever do it in his position, mm-hmm. and not even he could get Pop's full signature, signed, sealed, delivered, set in stone, you're my point guard. So now we flip it to DeJounte, young guy, spends time in the G League when he first gets here. All Spurs do. I know. (laughs) And then is in the doghouse for making mistakes just like Tony Parker was. Just like Derek White. Yeah. Just like Lonnie Walker. every point guard, every guard to ever come through. So it's not that he didn't believe in you. He's just grooming you, getting you ready for when it's your time. And part of it too, I believe, is that's Pop testing the mental fortitude of his players. Yeah, absolutely. He, w- he wants to see how you respond to adversity. 
mm-hmm. and him putting you in the doghouse yeah. shows him a lot of how you respond respond yeah. to an adverse situation and get back in some good graces. Yeah. And now look at DeJounte, second in the NBA, MIP, triple double, second in the NBA, grown exponentially over the years. Mm-hmm. So I think this was all blown way out of proportion. I DeJounte, think it was just him trying to give Ime some love. Yes, but he, you know, he didn't have to have that subliminal part at the end. Like Rudy said, he could have just been like, you had my back even when Pop had me in the doghouse. Like, you were there for me. Like, it's as simple as that. <laughs> you were never not believed in. You were believed in so much. Pop was grooming you, making you better so you could be the guy. If he had never wanted you the guy to be the guy, he wouldn't have paid no attention to you. That's how coaching is. You always want your coach yelling at you. Because the moment he stops yelling at you is when he doesn't think you can get any better and he doesn't care anymore. Is this the issue, though, with modern athletes? They are, from AAU Coddled. through, mm-hmm. told they're the best that ever was. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it is. And no longer are you allowed to actually mm-hmm. coach them or you know dog them. Bring, and- the, uh, bring anything negative to mm-hmm. light. No, that's definitely... Plays a huge role in this, for sure. For sure, I would think that that plays a role in it. Does, and I'm going 50,000 foot, sky is falling, mm-hmm. hit eject, pull the canopy, Yeah. Let, let's hit the eject button, mm-hmm. the sky is falling. Do you feel less comfortable about DeJounte's long term because I know he's under contract for a few more years mm-hmm. but being clutch sports being the fact that LeBron has spoken very high, very highly of him and mm-hmm. he has seen very he has thought very highly of around the league by yeah. other players mm-hmm. when an extension comes due would you be concerned that he would be looking to sign elsewhere because of perceived slight? Uh, no, not really worried about all that. Okay. The clutch sports thing, there's definitely something to there because they love their guys, you in know, big to markets. group together in big markets. But I think a lot of it will have to do with if. But it's not just the clutch sports thing. The agent also starts planting the idea, Mm -hmm. right, of things in their mind to where maybe they start being, see, you you were slighted. You've been slighted all this time. Once again, you were slighted. Now, because you were in San Antonio, you you know, you didn't win MIP Mm -hmm. because you're in that small break. Like, little things start getting placed into his head. To where when his contract comes up, maybe he's looking to move on. I'm not saying that is a poss- that is a probability. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it is a possibility. No, I. it's a possibility for sure. I think a lot of it will have to do with if over this season or next season we can bring in another star to combat with him. Especially if we could bring in, you know, a Zach Levine, another clutch sports guy that, you know, definitely, I think, cements him here a while longer. Mm-hmm. Seattle boys, clutch sport, mm-hmm. all that. But I wouldn't say I'm particularly 
worried. I think DeJounte likes San Antonio. He realizes we've made him a lot of what he's become in his development. When you're going for a big free agent, whether it's Zach Levine, whether it's DeAndre Ayton, who I know you're extremely high on. Both of them, yeah. Is there concern about being able to lure one here with Pop's future in such murky waters? In terms of, will will he, like, I'm signing on, I'm committing to you, mm-hmm. but how long are you actually here for? Therein lies the rub. Um, I think it does play a part in it for sure, but I think what the Spurs organization... Like if they don't land either of them, mm-hmm. and, and the chase is offered, Yeah, do you look at it like they wanted more certainty on the future of this organization that was not provided to them in meetings? No, yeah, definitely. But I think the draw of the Spurs organization outside of Pop has become a lot bigger. We've become a lot more open to the public. We're not nearly as closed in, shut off as we used to. Yeah, we're going to play a couple games up in Austin. Yeah. One in Mexico City. We're letting our guys do interviews and <laughs> social media stuff now. Guys are have their own brands, stuff like that. Um, and we also have a lot of you know young players that are enticing to play with when it comes to DeJounte, Keldon, Devin. It's guys you want on your team. Mm-hmm. No prima donnas, all about the work, stuff like that. Exponential growth every year. So I think a lot of it does have to do with Pop's uncertainty if we can't bring in guys, but I think the draw of the organization is a lot more than it used to be. You think the players will play a bigger role? Yes, especially Brian Wright, I think, is implementing that a lot more and more season by season. So I think that that will help bring in guys for sure. While we love our young guys, Mm -hmm. we see the potential growth with Devin Vassell, and we see Mm -hmm. what Keldon has done and what we all hope he can become. Are they thought of the same way around the league as other teams that may have money to spend? Like, case in point, New York Knicks. Mm Mm-hmm. Huge city, huge reach. Yeah. Other young players mm-hmm. within that market. Yeah. I mean, I would say DeJounte definitely around the league is very highly regarded. Yes. I would say bar none, 100%. everyone in the league would want a DeJounte on their team. And I think Keldon, through Team USA and the growth that he made this year, it's pretty highly thought of around the league. Mm-hmm. Devin, he's not there yet. I think a lot of teams look at him, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, super lanky, great shooter. Great I think, defender. Yeah. I think they see the potential. They just need to see more production out of it in but, the regular season. A bit Like if he has a Keldon jump next year like Keldon did this year, then yeah, I think teams... Oh, Devin, we want that guy. Like mm-hmm. that's a guy we want. But I don't I'm not sure if he's there yet. Uh we'll be right back with some more Spurs talk, y'all. This is the post up. Jack Thompson, James Pledger. Thanks for sitting here with us, chatting hoops, talking hoops with us. This is the post up. San Antonio Sports Star. Our new new 94.1 FM, twelve fifty AM, always on the go, SASportsStar.com. Y'all hang tight. We'll be right back with more Spurs. 
The road to glory rolls through here. The NBA playoffs on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Welcome back, all you hoop heads. This is the post stop. The post up, your one stop for all your hoops needs. Your face, man. That beat came on, and you just had this look like that was dirty. <laughs> it's a nasty baseline, bro. <laughs> Made me pull the mean mug out. Welcome back, y'all. Post up, James Pleasure, Jack Thompson, holding it down for you. Back into some Spurs talk. We were talking about DJ and the pick, where we where everything kind of fits roster-wise next season. Going further into that, the draft now is in 19 days. Yeah, that sounds about right. June 23rd. Spurs sitting pretty as one of the only teams with multiple first-round picks. We've got three of them sitting at 9, 20, and 25. A lot of options there on the board for us at those picks. Absolutely. First, I want to talk about the when I look at, you know, the picks ahead of us, the late lottery right after that sort of. So, you're talking about what Detroit on, Indiana on? I'm talking about, let's see here. Or after you late lottery like after you pick after up nine. 9. Okay. After 9, I see 12 through 15 as imminently attainable trading up wise. Okay. You've got OKC at 12. They already have the second, second pick. And they already are a team that is incredibly young. Mm-hmm. No vets worth anything on that team. So I think eh. that is a. Shay. Still young. So, I mean, like, vet, like, old guys, like, vets, like, a Josh Richardson. I, don't think giving... I know I'm just saying they don't have anything like that yeah, yeah. on their team. And that's a team you can't just attack. You can't just be great with just young guys. No. But just questioning. Is Shea been in the league longer than Jakob? It feels like it. Let's see. How old is Shea Gilgis Alexander? I feel Dude, like Shea he's... is 23. Uh, that's it? 23. I feel like he's been in Oklahoma City for like seven years and was in... Nah, he just played his fourth year. He was in with the Clippers for like six before that. He played one year with the Clippers. <laughs> he played one year with the Clippers. He feels so much older. He played one year at the Clippers in 18-19. And 19-22, he's been on the, th- the he Thunder. He feels so much older. I know, it's crazy. At only 23, man, that kid's got a lot of time still left under his belt. That's insane. And then you could, I would have never, you could have been like, I'm going to throw out three ages. Which (laughs) one do you think is like the most blasphemous? And you could have been like 28, 25, 23. How old is Shea Gilgis Alexander? I would have been like, well, 23 is gone immediately because <laughs> I feel like he's played for 12 years. <laughs> nah, it does feel like he's been in the league for a while, that's for sure. That is just that's so odd to me when you're like, he's only 23. I was like, yeah, but when did he get in the league? When he was like 18? <laughs> and then after OKC, 
you've got Charlotte at 13 and 15. I think those are very eminently attainable, too. Yeah, I think Charlotte's attainable, especially if you're packaging Jakob. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Cleveland. They have 14. Because remember, they tried to acquire Jakob at the trade deadline last mm-hmm. year. They were looking to yeah. bolster their front court. So Jakob and 20 for 15, Jakob, 13. 20 and 25. You think they would want all three? You think they'd want three, though? I Both do. picks? I think it's possible. All right, Jakob, 20 and 25 for 13. You doing that? I might. I'm doing that. Go get me some Mark Williams. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Mark Williams is there, I would feel pretty comfortable about doing that. I would do that. It also depends what you did at nine, too. Yeah. True. If if you took Jalen Duran, do you want to move up for Mark Williams, too? Well, if you take Jalen Duran, maybe you've got two rookie bigs. Maybe maybe Jeremy Shohan is there at 13. Maybe. But I'm just saying, depending on who's there, I think I'm making that deal. But... I think, no, what I've seen is Jakob, 20 and 25 for P.J. Washington and 13 or 15. Yeah, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Doing that in a heartbeat, yeah. Or also, I've seen... I don't seen, care who's there, I'm doing that for a heartbeat I've because also I seen, love P.J. Washington. I've also seen Kelly Oubre, which I would also I've, do. I've seen Oubre. I would also do that because Oubre could play the four and he you can, can move Keldon to the three. He can, and I have no issues with that. But I'm extremely high on PJ Washington. I would rather have PJ Washington for sure, but I would take I would take Ubre too. So I'm definitely if I'm the Spurs, I'm hitting up the Charlotte Hornets. That seems like the the most the most yeah. tradable team. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna do business with someone, that feels like the spot, especially because yeah. as young as the Spurs are, mm-hmm. I don't see them having. All three draft picks when when nineteen days comes and goes. No, I don't really see it too. But let's say unless they're really trying to build up a G League championship roster. <laughs> let's say we do <laughs> we do pick all three picks. Nine oh God. twenty and twenty five. G League championship, I'm calling it now. At nine who who do you want at nine? Ideally, who do you want at nine? Ideally? Like, if you had the pick, things go stand pat, you lose the big three, you lose Ivy, you lose Murray, you lose Shaden, you lose... Let's see, what is... That's... AJ Griffin. That's six. You lose Griffin, so that's seven. Do and you lose Duran? Let's say Duran, Johnny Davis, and Jeremy Shohan are there. Who are you taking? You know I love me some Jeremy Shohan. That's who I'm taking. That's who I'd want. That's who I'm taking. I'm taking Shohan. Easy. I want Shohan. Would not be mad at Duran or Davis. I would love Davis. I would, yeah, I would be fine, happy with both of them. But I would love, with the way the league is moving, positionless basketball... A 6'9 guy that can do a little bit of everything and has a lot of room to grow at such a young age. It's a guy I'm taking right there. Are you higher? Because I know everybody is very high on Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Are you higher on Duran or Williams? And would you be opposed to taking Williams at 9? No. I have on my list here for 9. Shohan, Duran, Mark Williams, Johnny Davis, Benedict Matherin. 
Would you rather have Duran or Williams? Given your own pick, I think I'd rather have Mark Williams. I would have. I would rather have Mark Williams. Seven two. Because I know he won't be there at twenty. No, no, that man's gone by fifteen. So I think I'd rather have Williams. I mean, seven two, seven seven wingspan, five percent body, five percent body fat, elite vertical, elite rim protecting. Like I'm, I'm taking Mark Can Williams. Switch. Yeah. He he does everything that Duran does. But we four inches it. taller. Yeah, and we saw it, and we saw it a lot more often. Yeah, like we saw flashes from Duran. Mm-hmm. But everything's still a projection with him. No, right? I agree. So yeah, I, I would rather have Mark Williams. Okay, I, so let's say Shohan Williams or Davis. It's between Williams and and Shohan, Shohan for me. Like I want a I want a switchable big. I want a guy to where when name big that can do multiple things on the floor or when a team goes smaller mm-hmm. to be able to have a guy out there that you're not afraid of being exposed like you are with a Jakob Pertle. Yeah. I'm taking Shohan. I lean Shohan. But Williams is right there. Like he has climbed, he has crept higher and higher on my board to where okay. I now have have him as kind of a one B to All Shohan. Right. So we've got underlining Shohan and Mark Williams as either of our nine pick. And since you went Shohan, I'll go Williams. All right, just to give us a little bit of of brevity in in our dis, in our discussion. All right. So then we jump to twenty. On my list here. Of players I would want at 20, Jalen Williams, Nikola Jovic, Tari Eason. Mm-hmm. You expect Tari to be there at 20. It's possible. I'm just. Okay. Possible. Tari Eason, Jaden Hardy, Kendall Brown. Who are you taking at 20? If you have already selected Mark Williams. If I've already selected Mark Williams, I'm yes. looking at I'm looking at a group of about Probably three players that uh, mm-hmm. that I really really like in that area. Nikola Jovic, mm-hmm. Dyson Daniels, Dyson. I think Dyson's gone. You think Dyson's gone? I think Dyson is going to be this year's Pat Williams. Okay. You think he's making a huge? I think jump. he's making a big jump. I think he's lottery for sure. Because I see him around twenty. I think he's going to in terms of big boards just. Where players are ranked mm-hmm. by a bunch of, I see him right in that area. I think he's jumping for sure. Him and Usman Dang. I like Dyson Daniels. I love Jaden Hardy as well. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick a third because you don't think Dyson's going to be there, Marshawn. Marshawn Buchamp. Mm-hmm. I have him in my in the next for twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Probably, uh, I'd go Jovic. Nikola Jovic. I love that pick. Just if, because if I went Mark I want Williams, the, if I, I would went take Mark him. Williams one. Yeah. And Shohan, I didn't get, or he went earlier. Mm-hmm. I want Jovic because I want a a big four. Yeah. No, I like that. That can shoot. I like. I. That's the pick I would have made with Williams too. So Nikola Jovic after Mark Williams. So with Shohan, obviously you're not going Jovic. So what would you do it? I'd probably take 
it's tough between I'd probably go Jaden Hardy. That's what I was looking. Yeah, I'd probably go Jaden Hardy. I like Jalen Williams a lot, but I like I'm probably gonna go Jaden Hardy. A lot of experience already in that G League Ignite team. Mm-hmm. Average twenty a game. Got a young Damian Lillard in his game. Shoots it really well from deep. I like Jaden Hardy. So I, we're going. So you've taken Mark Williams, Nikola Jovic. Yep. I'm at Shohan Hardy. Okay. Now we're at 25. There we go. My list here at 25, Walker Kessler, Bryce McAllens, Marjon Bouchamp. I like Bouchamp. Peyton Watson. Okay. Or Kendall Brown, if he's still there. And you think Dang's gone? I think Usman Dang is gone, yeah. Uh, I would throw into the mix EJ Liddell. EJ. I'm not taking him over any of these other guys. Though. Kendall Brown. Yeah, I put Kendall Brown in there at the he's end. He's in there at yeah, the end? Yeah, he's okay. in there too, yeah. And Wendell Moore? Um, yeah. I, I could see him late first. Yeah, but I, I don't think I would take him here. Candy Chandler? Yeah. Throw Kennedy in there. I want a guy that can do a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. For me, I might go Kendall Brown. Kendall Brown. Just for I like it. for the the ability to do a lot of things on the court. Like I don't need you to score twenty five a game, although it looks like you possibly could develop possibly into a score at some point down mm-hmm. the line. But I know you can defend like nobody's business. And at twenty five I'm looking for character traits that I can groom mm-hmm. and somebody that can defend and switch a lot of positions gives me a lot of versatility. Yeah, I agree. No, I like Kendall Brown. So you went straight front court. Mark Williams, Jovich, Kendall Brown. Mm-hmm. I like that. But but Kendall Brown can play three, on four. the wing. Yeah, 3-4. Yeah. I like that a lot. For me, and this is, you know, this is... Mm-hmm. This is me thinking if we haven't traded Jakob, we're gonna we're keeping him and we're gonna sign him, he's gonna be our center. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would take I've taken Shohan and Hardy, so I've got a four, a three, four, and a one, two. I like both of them, which leaves the possibility to go get you a Kessler. I'm th- I'm either gonna take Walker Kessler. Or I'm going to take Peyton Watson. Okay. I think Peyton Watson at 25 is a great lottery ticket. Okay. This is a kid coming out of high school, going into UCLA, was a lottery pick. He was just on a really senior upperclassman-led team, and he struggled to find his way a little bit. But he's still got a ton of promise and talent to be tapped into. Three, four? Yeah. Six, eight. I say two, three, four. I think he could play anywhere in that range. Okay. So I think I'm going to take Peyton Watson. So I've gone Shohan Hardy, Peyton Watson. I like it. I I I don't disagree with it. All right. I've got one more question before you before we go into break. Yep. Say we trade Jakob 20 and 25 for P.J. Washington and the 13th pick. Who? Who are you taking? Nine. Johnny Davis. You're not taking Mark Williams. 
We have no oh, more Yakum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Williams, gonna, Williams. At nines, you're Williams. taking Williams. It'd be Williams at nine, mm-hmm. and I would pray to all love of God that Davis fell to thirteen. What about Shohan? If not, what? Well, you wouldn't take Shohan at thirteen if he fell. Well, yeah, if he fell, okay. I don't expect him. To. Gotcha. Um, but I'm okay, looking. Let's I'm just looking say for, I'm looking for offensive talent. Let's then at say 13. no Davis, no Shohan. Thirteen. Who are you taking? Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels. I like that. I would either take Dyson Daniels or Tari Eason at thirteen. Well, there you have it, guys. Just Spurs. <laughs> like if it. you listen to that. Let Pledge and I do the the draft. (laughs) We've got y'all covered. This is the post-up. We'll be right back. Tie a little bow on the show. This is San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM now. Get your sets set to that. And 12.50 AM. Always catch us on the go. SASportsStar.com. We'll be right back, y'all. Celtics, Warriors, Game 2 of the NBA Finals, Sunday night at 6, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Welcome back, San Antonio. James and I tying a little bow on this episode of the post-up where we take it off the court talking some sneaks. First, I want to hit on what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Jordan Golf. Is batting a thousand at the plate. One hundred percent. They are dropping the Jordan Twelve Golf Sale Rattan Driftwood. I'm not even a twelve fan, no, and I want these. I'm not a twelve fan either, but my goodness, these are sick. I don't know what it is about Jordan Golf shoes that just make them so awesome. And it's it's the Oh, it's the it. color in terms of the the beige mm-hmm. and that half toe almost. Mm-hmm. I just, it's an incredibly fire look yeah. for a shoe it's that so I clean, normally man. would never care about. It's so clean. And then the gold detailing, the Jordan Golf logo I'm, on the inside. I'm waiting to see a University Blue 12 like this. Oh my goodness. With the gold accents. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is the gold accents on it. Yeah. The gold accents really set it off. Jordan Golf, man. Keep it up. Batting a thousand. I need to get my hands on a pair. Next, uh, the Nike Yin Yang uh, Set to Rise Air Max 97 colorway. I think is super fire. Love that yin yang on the toe mm-hmm. with that light blue, the orange, the yellow, and then what looks like black, maybe brown. I can't really tell. Yeah. But man, that's that's a beautiful summer colorway for a shoe. I had a reef bathing suit that was that exact color and, and with the stripes and everything, mm-hmm. and it was one of my favorites back in the day. And the 97 also has the full foot Air Max bubble. Yep. So they're extremely comfortable. Really love these shoes. Definitely some to get your hands on if you need a new summer shoe. Because that colorway, I mean, it goes with basically anything. Love that one for sure. And last but not least, we have not been able to talk about this since it they debuted. But the Luka Doncic Jordan 1s. Yeah. 
are coming out finally, and I like them. I do too. They're solid. I like both of them. I especially love that second version. Yeah, the, the black second, with the blue. See, my favorite one were the. I like the white ones more. No, I get the whites. Love that white colorway. Super clean and the, icy. The blue and the green with the ice, like that. There's something about that look that mm -hmm. I really enjoy. But props to Luca. This is a fire. Uh, first, first peak, first sneaker to come out. Yeah. Definitely lots of room to grow, but super, super awesome shoe. I will definitely be getting a hand on the Luca ones. No doubt. Is a shoe that I will look to cop. Yeah, I've been waiting for some Lucas to drop. Since since we've seen some of them hit, mm -hmm. every single one has been fired. Every every colorway of it. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, some pickums. We've got three finals games before we meet up again. Celtics Warriors tomorrow night. Who you got, James? I'm gonna take the Warriors to even this thing up. Yeah, I don't see the Warriors losing two in a row. They haven't in months. Then give me Boston and, and then, then Boston? Golden State again. Ah, so we're tied after the week. Yes. I like that too. I like the even split after we both go home at the same time. That's all we got for you today, y'all. This is the post up Saturday morning hangover. Catch us next week and from now on, it's 941 FM. Y'all stay safe. <laughs>